takes different people and does a music ministry and ties it into a message that he's given me the week before when none of us have talked about what I'm going to be preaching on. I love the way God works. Um, some of you, I know we have some other graduates, high school and college. Um, we had had a sign-up sheet out. Some of you may have missed, but I, I do want you to know what, what we gave them as a gift was a really nice study Bible, and we did purchase a couple of extra study Bibles, so um, I know there's a couple of you in here that just graduated this year and maybe didn't get a chance to sign up on the list. If you would please see Stephen Curtis, really would like to get one of those study Bibles to you, and congratulations for your effort and your hard works. And, and, and Drew Sheets, he's still over here. He, where is he? Where is Drew at? Student of the Year. How about that? I got recognized for some things of the year. Not like that. Awesome, awesome job, man. Very proud of you, buddy. Proud of the way you represent your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and everything you do. That's a young man of God right there, excited about what God's going to do in his life. And thank you so much for being here this morning, guest. I would like to thank you as well, those of you visiting with us. We do understand there's a lot of amazing churches in this town, and you chose to be here this morning. I do greatly appreciate you being here with us this morning. Um, before, before I get started on the message, I want to I say thank you as well um, to some. I want to say especially to Jason Ritter um, for four months of hard work. We held a sheepdogs conference here. And for those of you who don't know what sheepdogs is, it's a nationwide conference. And it's on church security, church safety, school safety, um, actually safety in general. But, but it was an, an amazing conference that we had the last couple of days on Friday and Saturday and it was an incredible amount of work that Jason put into that for about four months, whereas I was a little surprised. We had a little less than 200 people here, and to be honest, the place should have been packed out. And, and I know we, we sponsored some police officers. I appreciate those of you that, that worked to do that, that we could support um, or pay a sponsor fee for 40 of our local officers, I think 20 city, 20 from the county, to be here and, and be a part of that. But as the man was on the stage, he was standing right here. And most time he's down there, but he'd walked up right here to write something, and he used the term active shooter. And as he was talking about active shooter, the police officer started checking scanners, and it was coming in. There was an active shooter in a school in Texas. As he was standing here talking about it, I told him that the, the sad truth is is if there had been a church shooting the week before, the place would have been packed out. But, but I'm very thankful for the ones that was here. We had churches up from Florida, down from South Carolina, over at North Augusta. Mount Perrin was here. I didn't realize they were as large as they are. They, they have about 14,000 members there. Um, and they had their security team here, and their attorney was down here. And um, just a lot of valuable information. But I want to say thank you also to, to Dale, who was here, gave up his weekend, ran all the sound and light and everything to make that possible. JB here with him, also head of our... Um, medical team and, and gave up his weekend to be here and be a part of that and also our security team that was here um, I told you just a couple weeks ago they all passed a recertification training over at, at the firing range and all their current recertification and, and I'm going to start putting it on the website because I'm, I'm learning that it matters to the millennials and to some of you people I've always kind of kept it a secret but you have no idea what kind of security team we have here Even those guys finding out some of the things that, that the security team does here under the direction of Jason Ritter, even those guys were impressed by some of the things taking place here 
but um, I, I, I want you to know that you're very well protected when you're at Faith Baptist Church, and I'll tell you this, um, there's no such thing saying nothing can happen, but I can tell you I believe we're about as prepared as anybody, um, and our team continues to work to do so, and I'm very thankful anyway for, for the hard work and for those who are here. Last week, we looked at a message entitled, Faith Learns to Wait, and in that message, I made reference to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. It was just a reference passage that I mentioned going by, but God began to deal with me this, this week as I was traveling and thinking about some verses, and God just, that's one of the things I love about riding a long way, God has a long time to talk to you, amen? And, and, and I continued to, to take a look there at verse number 31, but what I want to do this morning, I want to look a little bit more in depth, and we, we looked at the simple passage that, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I want to look a little more in depth at verses 29 through 31, and I want to look at a message entitled, You Have What It Takes. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 21 says, He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, thank you so much for your book, God. Thank you. For your promise, God, I pray right now, Lord, you continue to move in this place. Lord, I thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit, for your presence, Lord God. I pray this morning, if there be one in this building that's never trusted Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, will you draw them this morning? Will you speak to them, God? Lord, for those that come in hurting, those that come in with problems, God, I pray you'd reach down and meet needs, God. For those that just came in to worship you, God, I pray you'd put joy in their heart this day, Father. I pray that you'd help us, God, to be pleasing to you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Too many times we as Christians, as Christians, live defeated lives. Not necessarily 24-7, 365, but, but for whatever reason, we just go through seasons of defeat. Seasons of feeling worthless. Seasons of failure. We, we go through, through seasons of wondering, is it even worth it? Sometimes. Most of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would even say we've even wondered is life even worth it and have contemplated, well, things we won't talk about. We, we go through seasons of feeling like we just can't take it anymore. Now, now before I go any further, I don't want to feel like I'm preaching to myself all morning. If I am, I need to know before I start. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In any, anybody able to relate, I just want to make sure this isn't all just for me. You know, we, we get that feeling like if the phone just rings one more time, if I get one more text, if I get one more piece of, of, of bad news, I've had all I can take. God, I know you said you never put more on me than I could take. God, I know you said that, that you would never put more than I could bear. You said you'd be there. God, I know that. I know that you told me in your word, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God, I trust you. God, I believe you, and I believe your word. But right about now, I'm wishing you didn't trust me so much. Because obviously you think I can handle this. But God, I'm telling you, I, I'm at my breaking point. 
I just can't take it anymore. There's those times that, that come when we have to realize that that's true. We, we can't take it anymore. God didn't give it to us to carry in the first place. He gave it to us to give it to him to learn how to trust him. To see that he is able to do the things that we can't do. Sometimes we feel like we just, we just can't take it anymore. Feel like we're at the end of our rope. Anybody understand that? So, sometimes you feel like life has just handed you too much to bear. And you just can't take it anymore. You're almost ready to see God do something amazing. You, you get to a point in your life that, that it seems like life is so unfair. And you're convinced that, that if this is all there is to life, I just can't take it. You're almost ready to see God show up and do something unthinkable. When you feel like life is just so unfair, it's not until we, we get into the end of ourselves that we really begin to see the power of God. It's not until we get beyond what we can do and past what we can handle and, and beyond what we think we're able to endure that we begin to see the power of God. God does not work in the realm of what we can think. God works in the power of what He can do. And there's nothing that He can't do. Our text there says in verse 29 that he giveth power to the faint. And them that have no might, he increaseth strength. The, the word of God is, is full of promises to his children. That These aren't just words to fill the pages. These aren't just idle words to take up space and to make the book thicker. These are promises that an almighty God who is faithful, who cannot lie, has made to his children that I will do these things if you will put your trust in me and my word. Here in verse number 29, that word power comes from the Hebrew word koah. It literally means force, or might, strength, and, and ability. So God's promise is telling us that he will give power and might and, and strength and, and ability to those who are faint. The word faint comes from a Hebrew word, literally means exhausted. Anybody in here ever been exhausted by life? Anybody knows what it's like to, to just feel exhausted from all that life has handed you and all that you've dealt with? Just look, look at your neighbor and tell him, I, I know what he's talking about. He says, I, I've been exhausted before. I, I, I have been worn out. Well, whoever told you that, look back at him and tell him, just hold on. <laughs> because God said, I'll give you power. And I'll give you strength. And I'll give you hope. And I'll give you the ability to endure your weakest moments. When, when you get to your weakest point and you think you can't take it anymore, at that point, I'm going to give you power. It's the very attribute of God to give you grace in the time of need. Corinthians Paul was praying, and, and God told him, don't, don't pray about that. Don't, don't even ask me about that anymore. Don't, don't even talk to me about it. He, he said, my grace is sufficient. My, my strength is made perfect in what? In weakness. It's in times of weakness that God's strength comes through. Isaiah here, Isaiah is talking to the Jews. He's talking to the children of Israel. But if you study the story and you look, you look at the time at which he's talking to them. You look at Judah has been destroyed by Sennacherib, the, the Babylonian general that come in. You look at how Samaria is torn down and how they're living under Babylonian rule. They're, they're under this authority that is over them. And, and Isaiah comes in and says that God is bigger than your problem. 
And in the midst of this terrible time of life, when it seems like it can't get any worse for them, Isaiah says God is bigger than your problem. You know, sometimes we try to relate and say, man, you think you got it bad. Look at what they were going through. Look at their situation. Look at what they were having to endure. Well, maybe, maybe you're not living in Babylon this morning. Maybe your home and your city hasn't been destroyed. Maybe you're not living un- under the bondage of your enemy. But I'll tell you this. Whatever your problem is, it's still your problem. It's still the things that you have to deal with. Your problem is just as real to you as theirs was to them. Your situation is just as bad to you as theirs was to them. Your heartache is just as painful to you as theirs was to them. But your God is just as powerful for you as he was for them. Your God is just as real to you as he was to them. Your God is just as merciful to you as he was to them. God is just as graceful to you as he was to them. God will be there for you just like God was there for them. Your problem may not look like their problem, but it's still your problem. And God still cares. And God still loves you. And God is still enough. Paul went on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. that The power of Christ may rest upon me. Sometimes the people around you can't see God on you until you're going through a storm that nobody else can understand. If you live long enough in this life, if you live long enough, all the ideas that you had as a youth will give way to the harsh realities of life itself. How many of you, when when you were teenagers, you had it all figured out? Y'all got it figured out yet? You know where you're going to college, know what your plans are, man, know what I'm going to major in, I know what my job's going to be. I mean, man, we knew it all. Our moms and dads tried to help us. They, they tried to tell us stuff. They, they tried to teach us and encourage us. But, you know, by then, I mean, well, hey, we're seniors in high school. We're graduating. We're going to college. We don't need none of that stuff. I, I, I've been hearing that. I, I know those of you from up north. I know how y'all had to trudge through 18 feet of snow to get to school 12 miles every day. And, and those down south, we know how you, how you had to walk through the blazing heat and the dusty dirt roads 20 miles to get to school and fight off wild dogs and vicious animals just to get home from school every day and, and work in the field till dark and then go bathe in the creek and go to bed hungry. It's like we, we've heard that stuff before. That ain't going to be me. That's what y'all call the good old days. This one's going to be riding in an air-conditioned luxury car, sitting in a luxury air-conditioned office. I'm not going to be doing all that stuff. I mean, I, I know, I know y'all, y'all, y'all looking back at the day and y'all trying to teach us some stuff, but, but that's just not the way it's going to be for me. Amen? We turn 20 and, and we're ready to take on the world. Man, I mean, we, we, we knew all that there was to know. And our parents, they were, they were back there in that good old days stuff. But, but man, we're, we're, we're in today's world. But then we turn 30. And things in reality don't look quite like they were looking back there in our dreams. And if we sit down and start looking at it, and we try to ponder away from it, because the more we look at it, we start realizing that our parents might have known just a little bit more than we thought they did. Those good old days 
might apply to this old day a little more than, than what I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Any of you baby boomers know what I'm talking about? See, I know the millennials. I know you guys. Y'all, y'all ain't got it figured out yet. I mean, some of you are almost 40, though. I'll give you that. Y'all 38 and a half. You're knocking on the door. You're getting there. And some of you, some of you at 18, hanging out in the tail end of the millennial crowd. You, you, you ain't got there. Y'all, y'all, y'all back at that point where you know everything. I'm sorry. I ain't throwing rocks. I'm just telling you. Y'all don't believe we've been there, but we have. I really was 18 years old. They're like, yeah, right. The, the Gen Zs, they, they ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. They're, they're, they're 18 and older. Can, can, can I tell you something? I don't care which generation you're in, your problem's still real. I don't care which generation you're in, your problem's still heavy. I don't care which generation you're in, your God is still able. It doesn't matter what we call them in generations by America, from baby boomers to Generation Z. It doesn't matter what we call them. We are saved by the same blood, saved by the same amazing grace, empowered by the same God. There's only one way to heaven, and it's still Jesus Christ. It's never going to change. We turn 40. That's about the point where we realize our parents really did know everything. (laughs) We would have just listened little bit more it would have saved so many heartaches we, we could have saved ourselves so much trouble if we just paid a little bit of attention and then we turned 50 <laughs> and wish we could go back and do some things over I'm closer to the 60 than I am to the 50 so we're gonna leave it alone right there I, I can't I can't relate anymore right there but what, what we found out is that life wasn't as easy as we thought it was life has challenges that you wasn't never expecting things came your way blindsided you 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 were never looking for life has a way of teaching us some things that nothing else can teach us you know how when we were younger we talked all the time my wife told me the other day talking about i don't talk much anymore that's because i don't have much to say anymore when i was young i thought i knew everything I had something to say, and whatever your problem was, I had a solution for it. Now I'm old enough to realize I don't know nothing. I don't have the answer to none of your problems, and even my suggestions ain't very good. So we just don't have much to say anymore. Life has a way of teaching us some stuff. Amen? Everybody in this room this morning, if we live long enough, will go through a period of our lives that we become so overwhelmed by life that you just don't know if you can take it anymore. I doubt that there's very many people in the room this morning that's not going through something right now. Trials and troubles and tribulations and problems, that's not just a thing of your past. That's, that's not a memory. That, that's a present. I, I imagine most of us in here this morning can, can relate. Life has handed you a situation that you just, well, you're having a hard time dealing with it. There, there's some things in this life that, that are... I don't know, sometimes we're just simply overwhelmed by life. Situations and circumstances, overwhelmed by by issues, overwhelmed by people, overwhelmed sometimes by situations of our own making. Sometimes circumstances that that we have created, but but sometimes it's a situation that's created by our job. Sometimes it's something that's created by family. Sometimes maybe by our children, things didn't turn out. But it doesn't matter who or how it was created. The bottom line is we're overwhelmed by the situation. 
and we just don't know if we can take it anymore. But can I tell you this morning, there, there's a power in you that you've not seen yet. There, there, there is a power and a strength inside of you that, that you've not realized yet. There, there is a source of strength within you that, that you've not yet tapped into. God said that he gives power to the faint. Those who are weak. Those who are hurting. Those who are suffering. Those who are in need. There is a power. And in order for you to see the power of God in a way that you've never seen it before, you may have to go through a season of weakness that you've never been in before. But to the child of God, we should never give in to the weak things of the world because we have a God inside of us that is able to do all things. How long, how long have you lived without realizing the power that is inside of you? Worse than that, how long will we live? How long will you and I continue to, to fight battles that aren't ours to fight? Face situations that God's already got handled if we just turn them, on, or turn them over to him. How long will we live this life without realizing the power that we have? See, if you know who you are, then you know who you're not. If you know you are a child of the living God, then you know you no longer belong to the enemy. If you know you're a child of the living God, you know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you know that you're a child of God, you know there's a strength that is within you that can overcome anything that is outside of you. If you know that you're a child of God, you know who you are, then you know who you're not. And you're no longer a slave to the enemy. Our text says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. That's a promise from God to anybody that's hurting. It goes on and says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Too, too many Christians today, you don't realize who we are. We are a child of the living God. Christians living a life when they don't, they don't realize who they are, then, then they become influenced by what's around them. They, they, be, they start acting like those that are around them. They become influenced by the crowd. You know what I mean? Whoever they're with at the time, that's who they are at the time. They, they become what other people want them to be. They become what other people dictate in, in their lives. They, they become like whatever's around them or whoever's around them at the time and what they want them to be. But then when nobody else is around, they're confused because they really haven't taken time to understand who they are. You're a child of the living God. And can I tell you, as a child of God, you have what it takes. You, you may not like what you're going through. <laughs> you may be stressed out about your situation. You, you may be overwhelmed by, by your circumstances, but you have what it takes. You will survive this storm in Jesus' name. You will survive this storm. You will make it out of this situation. God has brought you to this point for such a time as this. But he also says that this too shall pass. Sometimes we say, you don't understand. It just keeps on coming. 
It's like one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. It just keeps on coming. One thing after another. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? It just keeps on coming. And it's just one thing. But then there's other times when it ain't like that. There's other times where it's almost like you got up one morning and all of hell showed up on your front doorstep at the same day. It ain't one after another. It just all came to your house on the same day. What do you do when life seems so unfair? How do you deal with it now that life hasn't turned out kind of exactly like we thought it would? The answer is you realize how much God loves you. You realize who you are by the load that God allows you to carry. You realize that you're a child of God by the things that God puts on you that he hands to you to carry that he expects you to hand back to him. You, you understand that the load that God is putting on you and the things that he's doing, that God is still teaching you. God is still training you. God is still shaping you. God is still molding you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't realize what you can take until the pressure has been applied. You, you, don't, you don't realize what you can endure until your friends have walked out on you. You know, the ones you thought you could count on. The ones you really thought were your friends. The ones you really thought you could trust. The ones you thought you could turn your back on and they'd guard your backside. And while you turned around, they'd shove a knife in between your shoulder blades. You, you, you don't realize where you are until everybody else, friend and family, everybody else has walked out on your situation. You don't realize how much courage you have until you face the fiery furnace. You don't realize how, how much faith you have until your faith has been put to the test. You don't understand the power that you possess until life has handed you a situation that you don't know how to deal with. And when everybody else in your life walked out, it's when God walked in. You don't know what you've got. You can't know what's in you until you've been in a situation that causes what's in you to rise to the top. See, see, experience is a teacher. Some of you baby boomers said amen. Experience kills weakness. Experience builds faith. Experience drives away fears. But in order to get the experience, you've got to go through the trials. You can't get experience unless you've been there, done that. When you see God come through time and time and time and time and time and time again, that's when your faith builds. And the more God comes through, the more your strength is increased and the more your fears subside and the more faith you begin to have in God because he continues to come through. And sometimes it takes that matter of looking back. God, I never thought I'd get through that one and you got me to here. But you got me through that one, so I'm just going to keep on holding on. God wants us to see what's in us. When, when, when God gives us stuff to, to see, God, God gives us strength. But, but what God wants us to see here is, is that when we cast out all of our fears and we cast out all of our burdens and we cast out all of our trials and all of our temptations, we cast out all of our situations, when we cast all of our problems on him, then we realize that our problems really wasn't as big as we thought they were. So they're not big to God at all. They're just a simple little fix. They seem big to us, but that's so that we can see how big our God is. Amen? You may not understand some of the things that you're going through. There might, there might be some things in your life that, that just don't make sense to you. There, there might be some, some things taking place in, in some situations you think you just, 
can't handle, maybe some circumstances that are out of your control and you just don't think you can take it anymore. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That, that's a promise from God. God gave that to you and I. That word renew there, that word renew says it means to renovate. It means to restore, to rebuild, or to repair. It is to reestablish or to confirm. So God says, for those that wait on me, I will renew you. I will restore you. I will repair you. I will repair what has been broken. The text says that they will renew their strength. That word strength is ability. It, 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 another translation of it means ability. So, so God has said, I will renew their ability. That, that word strength is the same word that we saw from the word power in verse number 29. Verse 29 says he giveth power to the faint. Now, that word power is the same Hebrew word as what we see as strength in verse 31. But he goes on, he says, to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. That looks like the same word, don't it? In 29 and 31, but that's a different word. Same English word, but, but here this word strength it is a Hebrew word. It is small. It means abundant. Abundance. So what God is saying here is that when you're weak, when your financial situation hadn't turned out quite like you drew it up on paper, when your marriage hadn't worked out quite like you thought it would, when your children aren't coming out quite the way that you thought they would, when life hasn't turned out the way that you thought life would, when you're weak, God says, for those that will wait on him, don't give up, don't give in, don't stop. Don't quit. Just keep on waiting on him. For those who will wait on the Lord, he will renew their power in abundance. That's what the text says. God says, I got more strength for you than you realize. If you just wait on me. There's more power, more things I want to do in you, more things I want to do through you. But you just got to wait on me. Psalms 46, God said, be still. Sometimes that's all you can do. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you got to be still long enough to let your trial get to a point where you finally have resolved every means of fixing it that you thought you had and realized there's no fixing this situation. And that's when God says, it's gone. After you've exhausted every means to try to get out of it. The bottom line is you have what it takes. Sometimes it takes a storm to, to bring it to the surface before we begin to see it. Amen. Um, Whitney, Canaan, where you guys at? Y'all come on, grab some mics, bro. If you'll get a song ready, we're gonna. We're, I want them to sing a song here, in in just a minute. I, I, I'm not sure how many of you in here have a problem this morning, but I'm pretty sure somebody does. I'm pretty sure that somebody in here is facing something. Life hadn't turned out exactly like we thought it would. What we're expecting is one thing, but, but what we got is a whole different story. And, and the problems of life, the problems that we experience, and the, the things that, that we're going through, the situations that are going on in our life, those things become the focal point. We become focused on the storm. We, we become focused on the situation. We become focused on the trial. But, but the problem with the focal point ought to be Jesus Christ. Jesus is our focal point. 
the one who is able to overcome, when Christ becomes our focal point, we have what it takes. But focus is a factor. Focus is a factor. Where your focus is determines where your strength and your faith lies. Amen? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me read a passage to you. If I can find it. Let me give you another passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse number 16 says, For which cause we faint not, that though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Things which are not seen are eternal. The things that we can see, those are all temporary things. The problems, the trials, the circumstances, the situation, everything that you can see is all temporary. But the thing that you can't see, that you trust by faith, is eternal, almighty, all-powerful. You have what it takes. But what it takes is Jesus Christ. Amen? What we need to do is to learn to keep our eyes on the solution, the Lord Jesus Christ. Could I have you all stand if you would? You, listen, you're welcome to praise the Lord where you're at, worship where you're at. You're welcome to praise. This is God's house and you're God's people. You can do what you will. But I want these guys to sing a song. You got that ready, brother? Just like a tear to go and blur out everything. Ain't it just like glass to fall and break so easily? Ain't it just like love to leave a mark on the skin and underneath? Yeah, when the pain goes and shadows everything. Keep your Your eyes on me and light in your heart. 
just for a minute, if I could have you bow your head right where you're at, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Right where are you standing? How many of you in here have a problem? How many of you in here have a situation, have circumstance, that you have something where you need God to intervene? So let me ask you another question. Where are your eyes? Are you focused on the problem? Or are you focused on the problem solver? Keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that you could ask or think. You have what it takes. As a child of God, the power is within you to overcome, to conquer every situation. We just got to learn to tap into the sources within us. Amen. Can I ask you this morning, if there's anybody who never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, anybody here this morning, if you died today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven or not. You don't want to go to hell. You want to be saved. You're just not sure that you'd go to heaven. You can change that this morning. I, I, I can tell you, we, we had somewhere between eight and ten people saved last Sunday morning. You can be saved this Sunday morning. But you've got to be willing to confess your sins. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. 
We, we know we're sinners. Are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner? Are you willing to ask him from your heart, Lord, will you come into my heart and forgive me of my sins? Will you save my soul in Jesus' name? Will you write my name in the Lamb's book of life that I might have that eternal home in heaven? I ask these things in Jesus' name, God. Will you save my soul? If you said that prayer this morning, you, you slip your hand up right where you're at. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. But I do want to thank God for you. I see, I see two hands already. Any more hands? Hold them up high and keep them up for a minute. Keep them up for just a minute. Amen. Thank you so much. You guys will be seated just a minute if you would. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Anybody, anybody get any help this morning?